Hello and welcome to episode six of the Responsible Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the first ever collaboration between Responsible and Day of the Dogs. Day of the Dogs is based in Houston and they give voices to hopeless dogs all over the area of Houston and surrounding areas. Today we'll be talking with both co-founders about their mission and the new collaboration where purchases of Responsible Bands will donate to Day of the Dogs. Now here's your host, Kevin Sofin. Hello everyone, Kevin Sofin here with Responsible. Today we're sitting down with Jennifer Yassin and Pam Seidler from Day of the Dogs and uh, we're really excited about a new campaign that Responsible is working on with uh, Day of the Dogs and uh, we have Pam here. Um, Pam, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and a little bit about uh, who is who and what is uh, Day of the Dogs. Hello, yeah, so I am an animal lover, and I started volunteering with the Harris County Animal Shelter two and a half years ago. Um, it was clear that there was a, a need, and we did a tour of all of the shelters in the Houston area, and this shelter by far was the one with the least amount of support, and that's why we chose to serve there. Um, during volunteer orientation, we asked a simple question of how do people know that the animals are here? And we didn't really get a very clear answer. And at the time, the shelter was not, wasn't able to have a presence in so, social media at all. They did not get their own Facebook page until September of last year of 2016. So our initial idea was to put together a Facebook page and, to give the animals more exposure so that people knew they were there and they knew that there's a need. Uh, and that's pretty much how we got started supporting the shelter. Day of the Dogs came about a year later, uh, September of 2016. We created this organization as a way to be able to support the shelter in increasing their live release rate in a couple of different ways by assisting with uh, local and out-of-state adoptions, um, helping run different types of promotions within the shelter, fee-waived uh, promotions, and different themed promotions to encourage adoption. And one of our biggest ways of support supporting is supporting the rescue groups that pull animals from the shelter. And we do that by... Uh, the donation portal, mm -hmm. which was from what from what I'm understanding is a, the first of its kind, where we allow a place for the community, it's almost like crowdfunding, but for for the animal's sake. And if a rescue ends up pulling that animal, we then send those funds directly to the rescue. So it's been it's really helpful for them because rescues have to cover many of the costs of care to treat a particular animal. Um, and those can add up. They'd have to cover the spay and neuter heartworm treatment, which is um, very common down here in the South, if they had any sort of skin issues, that, that sort of thing. So the donations are really helpful. Uh, and then we also pr um, put together multi-rescue adoption events in high traffic area to give the animals that are in their foster care more attention. So hopefully those animals can get adopted and then they can pull more animals. And so that's how we support the shelters. Uh, again, I, I don't think I mentioned the need in Houston, just for everyone to understand. The South is very different from other parts of the country. And Houston is a good example. In this shelter alone, the intake is about 1,000 dogs and 1,000 cats per month. Wow. On average. Wow. It's, it's, 
And that's just one of the shelters in town. And part of the reason it's that large is because it has an open admission policy, which is very common of municipal shelters across the country. This one in particular is part of the public health department. Um, and what open admission means is they're not allowed to say no. So they're taking animals from animal control and from the general public. Many people are familiar with shelters such as SPCA, Humane Society, and what we see a lot on the Facebook page, people from out of state will make comments that I thought an animal shelter was there as a safe haven for these animals. Aren't you supposed to be a shelter? You know, they think of the word shelter like we do with people, you know, human shelters where people seek out uh, a safe haven if they're in a time of need. And even though it's considered an animal shelter, it's part of a public health department. So I think there's a big misunderstanding within the community of, of what exactly open admission policy means. So if you look at that high amount of animals, so 2,000 animals coming in a month, 2,000 need to go out. And if you do that, you have a 100% save rate. So how does that happen? They have to be adopted or they have to be uh, fostered uh, through and the, or saved through rescue groups. And the way that rescue groups are able to save these animals is having families or individuals step up and be willing to foster an animal, which is basically like dog sitting. Um, you take an animal into your home for a certain amount of time until they're able to find a new home or until they're able to go on a transport somewhere. Um, and that effort, yeah, and you know, that, dog city. Sorry to bone in here, but, uh, but I think that, I think that that people don't necessarily understand is that rescues can't actually rescue a dog from a shelter unless they have a foster lined up. Right. right. So, so I think that, you know, I think that the message is that it's really critical that there's a lot of great people like yourself, Pam, and many people that are, you know, volunteering or starting rescue groups. Um, and there's a huge network out there, but there just isn't enough fosters. So I think we can safely say that one is, uh, you know, responsible pet ownership, that it's very critical, especially in the South, that people need to, you know, spay and neuter their pets. But then two is that people need to become aware and open up their homes to being, you know, to being fosters, um, to helping so we can save as many animals as we can. Because I think the shelters, you've drastically improved, I think, with just your efforts alone, the save rate, right? So you said a few years ago that um, the save rate was only around like 15%, and now it's up to at least... Uh, 60 to 70%. Is that right? That's for dogs. Yeah. And this is from the shelter as a whole, <clears throat> the shelter, um, a couple of years ago before this new director, the new regime took over, they had a very low overall save rate of around 15%. Um, so the majority of the animals that came to the shelter would end up, um, dying. Now they've made great strides, a lot of positive changes to increase the save rate and, and I, the numbers that I have were from earlier this year, uh, January, February, March-ish. The dog save rate numbers was around 77%. They're still struggling with cats, but they haven't done um, some simple programs like trap, neuter, return. They just uh, launched one 
in one precinct, uh, a TNR program. And for those of you who don't know what that is, a concept is you take a community cat that isn't necessarily owned by somebody, you trap it, neuter or spay, and then you return it to the same place where you trapped it because cats are territorial. And in doing that, cities across the country, instantaneously it will have an impact on the the cat population. And it's been proven time and time and time again that it's a very effective way of reducing the amount of cats that are, A, coming into the shelter. Um, and then, of course, that impacts the number of animals and the number of cats that are dying in the shelter. So they're, they're, they're working towards that. But as you, can, as you mentioned, I mean, that's a huge difference, even with dogs alone, uh, like how much uh, improvement they've made in a few years. Yeah, let's talk about, too, because I think what was really interesting and, um, you know, Harris County, the animal shelter has over, I think, 60,000 followers uh, on Facebook. And um, you were a big part of that in raising awareness for the animals that were there. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, what you've done and also, too, on Day of the Dogs on your own website, you have your own kind of tracking, which has kind of been really innovative. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, the the Facebook page that we started, it's called Harris County Animal Shelter Pets in Need. And that's the page that you're referring to. Now, at this point, we do have a little over 60,000 followers. That is what we started two and a half years ago. And at the time, not knowing if um, uh, one person or, you know, a hundred people would like it. And so what's happened because of that, the shelter and the animals there have had more exposure. We only film about three to 400 animals on any given month. So it's a far cry from, you know, all of, the animals. all of them. We're not able to showcase all of them. We only have a, vol- a team of about 10 volunteers right now. And it is very uh, time consuming to give daily updates on each of the animals that we showcase. But of those that we've showcased, and go, this is going back to last June, um, we've had a 90% save rate of our sliver, of our piece of the pie that we've showcased. There's been over a 90% save rate. So when people see the page, a lot of times you look at animals behind cages and the initial thought is this is hard to look at, this is sad. But I always tell people, if you if you think of it the other way, it's hope. I talk to I, I refer to our page as the magic, <laughs> and I actually talk mm-hmm. to the animals now, and I say, hey, the magic knows about you. You're going to be okay, because um, you know there's so many animal advocates from all over the country. This isn't just Houston. You know, the animals are in Houston, but there are people um, from all over that are champions for these animals and do their best sharing videos. Um, trying to find foster homes, connect, reaching out to rescue groups. It's, you know, all these people trying to fit the puzzle piece together to create a positive outcome for the animal. And it is working. And the donation piece added that missing that missing link because when we first started, there was a pledging system, which you see for uh, any of the animal advocates out there, you'll see that as a common um, a common response as people will pledge on these sites and the idea, the theory sounds great. You know, you pledge a certain amount for an animal. If it's saved, you agree to pay that amount that you pledge, the $5, dollars $50, $100 to the group. But what we saw time and time again is that people would pledge money but then not end up honoring it. 
So that's why we converted to this donation model once we became a 501c3 organization. So that way for the people that wanted the tax deduction, that was an option for them. And, it, and, and we were basically offering up a tool. So collectively, this group of animal advocates all across the world, we have people donating from Australia. There's some, some people from, from China, you know, and, uh, and then, of course, locally, nationwide uh, who donate to these animals and five or ten dollars that all adds up quickly and it definitely helps rescues to be able to pull the one other thing i wanted to mention about fostering a, a lot of people think of fostering or if you've tried fostering uh they they think of it as a long-term commitment so i've had many people tell me oh my husband or my wife won't let me because we don't want to end up getting stuck with the dog well what a lot of people don't understand is there's many short-term fostering opportunities. Harris County is a good example. They offer transports. They have transport set up, that one that goes to Minnesota, another one that goes to Colorado. Um, there's a, a local rescue in Houston called Lola's Lucky Day that goes to Wisconsin. Um, actually, there's a handful K911, Abandoned No More, those three groups go to Wisconsin. So they, and then our group, Day of the Dogs, has a transport that goes to Kansas City. So all of those organizations, and there's many others I didn't mention, but they're all, they only need somebody to watch a dog for two to four weeks max. And so think of that, you know, just for you to op open your home, if you have an extra room, to allow a dog to hang out with you for two to four weeks is the uh, difference between life and death for that animal. So if a lot of people knew how simple it was, uh, most of the uh, the rescues will cover the cost of the food and the vet care while they're in your in your care. So you're not taking on an added expense. Um, you're just you know basically welcoming an animal into your home, giving them time to decompress, and if they happen to have kennel cough or something. I mean, most dogs who are coming from a shelter may have some sort of upper respiratory thing. They just need to have some time to let that. Uh, you know, it's like a cold for you and I to let that pass. And then they're ready to, to, you know, be on the transport. There's two, there's a very, very popular transport called rescue road trips. And so for the folks in the Northeast, many people may know about this group. They, they've written a book. I forget the name of his book. Um, but he has a book that he wrote about his experience. He's been doing animal rescue transports for over a decade now. And he does, he's from Ohio he loops down to the south and goes up to the northeast once a month. And then there's another group called Pets LLC, which does the exact same thing on opposite weekends of when Rescue Road Trips does his trips. And they take, Rescue Road Trips has a huge semi that can fit 90 to 100 dogs, I believe. And he does that. That's basically what he dedicates his life to doing is saving uh, homeless animals and bringing them up to northern areas. Well, that's great. That's something I, I personally didn't know about. Um, and I am a huge animal lover and, uh, I think a lot of people don't understand about the whole fostering aspect. And I also just want to get into too, like, uh, I discovered Harris County because of my old intern, Alex, who's working with us on this responsible, um, collaboration, and she actually told me, because she's a foster, and she told me about Harris County, so which got me following Harris County. And then I've been following um, some other um, Instagram accounts that cover a lot of the, the shelters in the South called um, Friends of the Family Rescue. 
uh, posting about dogs and cats in the shelter. And I'm actually one of those people that are pledging money to help save, um, you know, the animals. And, you know, and there has been times when I've, you know, received a notification and I didn't see it right away because sometimes Instagram will, you know, notify you right away that you got it, you know, a notification. And so I can personally attest that, you know, it's tough. Like today I just pledged some money to save some cats and, you know, they got back to me like two hours later and, you know, the, the cats were scheduled to be put down around like 1 PM. So I hope that I made it in time, you know, I hope that they were saved, but it's also, there's a lot of moving parts, as you said, where you have to give the updates, you have to, you know, follow up with the people and hope that people, you know, when people are emotional and they'll pledge money that they'll still, you know, follow through. Cause I think the biggest thing obviously for people is, you know, executing and following through. So, you know, having your portal, um, critical to helping that conversion. And also too, it just, it also shows like the power of people that there's so many people out there that are like-minded, um, you know, like us. Each is just uh, amazing and astounding, and you know, people we can't we can really save all of the animals. You know, if people were yes, I'm definitely a believer, and that's been something that I've just been absolutely blown away by from watching our page grow over the years. Um, seeing how a collector group of people works together and it is it's a big puzzle piece you have to find the you know if it's somebody that wants to adopt out of state we have to find someone local that's able to hold the animal um, for a few weeks until it's ready for transport Um, the rescue that's able to pull but it happens and there's been times where we will uh, film an animal uh, in the evening when they in the Harris County world when they fold the kennel car that means the animals at risk of euthanasia the following morning Um, there have been times where we'll shoot a video of a dog that has a folded card and it's only up for a few hours in the evening so it's basically like a hail mary saying this is it this dog's here it's in need it needs somebody now and there have been so many times where people will step up and these animals lives are saved just in the next time and so it's You know, we all know social media is the way that most people communicate this day and age. But what's been really um, moving to see is how it can be a tool for good. Uh, And when it comes to saving lives, I am definitely a believer. I know Harris County and not just Harris County, but the city of Houston can be a no-kill city. Austin did it. Uh, Houston can do it, too. Um, But we just need to have more people believe that it can happen. I mean, the city's huge. There's over 6 million people here alone. And then you have the greater Houston area, and then you have the rest of the country. So even if there's not an adopter here in Houston for that particular animal, there may be one in Massachusetts. There may be one in Oregon. There may be one in Minnesota. You know, there's no need for a healthy uh, animal to die when there is a place for it to go. It's just figuring out the logistics to get them where they need to be. And there's a lot of people helping. Yeah. So talk, so the logistics, so let's say like someone like myself came across a dog and I wanted, and I said, Hey, look, I'm willing to foster what happens because like, obviously there there may not be like an identified, you know, rescue. Right. So what happens if someone says like, I'm, I'm willing to foster, but Mm -hmm. you know, what happens from that point on? And our, on our page, um, 
Well, we can talk general, just in general about fostering. Yeah, I think general. Yeah, okay. what happens if someone? Because someone obviously has to be approved, right? There's a lot. There's a lot of things that go into like wanting to be, you know, a foster. But if someone's willing to step up and say, "Hey, I want to foster," right. uh, will that help the animal? Yeah. Uh, so most shelters across the country, um, not all, but most of them do have their own foster program. They have their own foster coordinators. They have their own foster requirements. Um, and foster orientation. So if that's something that you think you can serve in that way, you can reach out to the local shelter in your area and inquire about fostering through them. The other way is to foster for a local rescue group. A rescue group is um, usually a, you know, it's usually a small group of um, animal loving citizens that form a organization. Some are 501c3, others are not. Um, but they, there's very few that have an actual building, few and far between. I mean, every now and then you'll find some like the all on the news. You, what's the one in Louisiana that took in all the pit bulls? It was on the news quite a bit after Katrina. Um, right, pit bull and not pit bull employees yeah. right now. That that might be it. But they have an actual building. They have a facility. So on the show, you get to see their building. But there's very few rescues that have. A, uh, a, a standalone building. Most of them rely on our, that you hear the term foster-based rescues. So that means they can take in animals only if there's a foster home, uh, uh, somebody willing to take in the animal in their, on their property. But what ends up happening a lot of times is that there are people who may be fostering four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 animals at one time as opposed to having 12 people fostering one. So the, the more we have this conversation, the more people understand what fostering is. Um, it's very, you know, simple, stress-free. And you can foster um, senior dogs. And some shelters and rescues have a need for hospice. So if you um, prefer to be, if you like seniors, or there's some people where the animal most likely isn't a candidate for adoption, they're at the end of life, but they don't need to die in a shelter. You know, they, you could foster to have them stay with you for end of life. Uh, those are called hospice fosters. Or there's many times where they will need um, puppy, puppy fosters or moms with newborn puppies. And that's a, a shelter is a terrible place for mom with puppies to be because the puppies have not been vaccinated. They don't have a strong enough immune system. And many times puppies will die in a shelter environment. So it's, it's really important to get them out sooner than later. So if people are willing to um, take in moms and puppies or puppies without moms, uh, uh, there's a whole other program about neonatal kittens, really tiny kittens without mothers and how to bottle feed. Um, there's organizations like Austin Pets Alive and others across the country that offer training classes on how to care for neonatal kittens. Um, that usually is a high percentage in shelters across the country of cats that do pass away or they're really tiny kittens without moms. Um, but there are training programs on how to care for those, um, that age group of kittens. And then, of course, the adults of all ages. And like I said, some rescue groups are foster-based where the foster holds the animal until a home is found. So that could be a week up to three to four months, five months, some longer. Um, and then there's others that are simply short term. So you could foster for a transport here in Houston. There's a group called rescue pets movement 
they pull from uh, the city shelter, Bark, and from Harris County, and they're sending hundreds of and they people to uh, so I think I, I I see that a lot on don't understand what's involved with fostering they're afraid of getting again stuck with an animal so that prevents them from taking the step to really being part of the solution and offering to serve that way wow pam i will say that I, this has been very informative yeah. and educational for me and to me it's it just it was just thinking about you know my, my middle name is actually francis named after saint francis of assisi and really i think you are kind of like the modern day saint francis of assisi this this patron saint of animals. So kind of hearing all these things that you're doing is really inspirational to me. And I think what's kind of exciting for me in that, you know, working in the water space and working in these different areas is that a lot of times people have an interest to help, but they don't really know what to do. And I think if they know that for not a lot of money or not a whole lot of effort that they can make an impact, people are going to be more willing to do something to actually help others and help animals in particular. So you know, I think your your point on the short-term fostering is something that I think we'd really like to highlight a little more. Um, so you know, maybe in the future podcast, we can dig into that a little bit. Um, but especially, I think what's what's cool here is we want this to be a collaboration. And, and as you said, social media is a modern-day way that people communicate. So you know, this is kind of just the first example of, of highlighting the amazing things that the Day of the Dogs does. Um, and so I, I first just want to say thank you. Uh, this is something that's really exciting responsible um and but also even just from for all the animals you, you that you help it, it's something that's it's very inspirational for me and you know i think kind of just maybe as, as i was just touching on with that the short-term fostering idea and the and this notion of us doing this campaign um you know we're we're going to be selling responsible bands uh for for ten dollars you know one one for ten um, and five dollars of each band is going to go towards the, the day of the dogs. But could you maybe elaborate a little bit on how you know if we were if once we raised fifty dollars or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, you know how will some of the funds that we we raise go directly towards um, you know these different functions that you're doing at Day of the Dogs to help some of these animals? Yeah, definitely. Okay, two ways. <clears throat> so with our donation uh, portal, the way that it works is if an animal, people donate to a particular animal. <clears throat> if the animal is rescued, we transfer that money to the animal to the rescue group that pulled this specific animal. If the animal has any other outcome, um, if it is adopted, returned to owner, um, fostered, uh, if it dies, unfortunately, or if it is put to sleep, those funds roll over into our general fund. And 100% of that money is used for other urgent animals in the shelter. So we call that our, our general fund. So each day we look at the what dogs we showcase that are now on the urgent, we, they call it the review list, the urgent list, which means that's their final day. They need a, a commitment by the end of the day they're, or they're at risk. <clears throat> And, and if we have money in the general fund, we will um, donate from that fund to the animal as well to increase the 
the amount to make it appealing for a rescue to pull. So that's one way we use funds um, for specific animals. But then our other programming and our main program is the transport. Um, we transport, as I mentioned earlier, dogs from Can uh, Houston to Kansas City. Our meeting spot is in Oklahoma City, and we have an identical van that's stationed in Kansas City that meets us there. Um, we have a, It's a smaller vehicle right now. We can take anywhere from 12 to 25 animals, depending upon weight. And the cost for a seat on a van is $100. Um, and so depending on how many you know bracelets you would sell, it would go towards covering the cost of, of a seat on a van, a freedom seat for a particular animal. Uh, and, and one other thing I wanted to add, you said about helping. There are so many ways besides donating and fostering. Volunteering is a huge one. And many people from all over the country may be thinking, well, how can I volunteer in Houston when I'm here in New York or wherever you may be. Uh, what we do with Day of the Dogs primarily is done online um, through social media, through Facebook. We're wanting to start uh, an Instagram. We do have Twitter. We're not using it as frequently as we should be. But there's many opportunities where you can help the animals by sitting in front of your computer. So if you have access to the Internet and you have access to a phone, you can definitely help us. Um, what we do for those three to 400 animals we're showcasing each month, we give daily updates each day on what their status is. So if they have any, if they have an adoption hold, if they have a rescue hold, and then we follow these animals until they're out of the shelter. Sometimes adoption holds will be dropped, rescue holds will be dropped, but we're giving the community those updates every single day on the page. So if you follow Harris County Animal Shelter Pets in Need, you'll kind of see the process and how it works. Uh, responding to people's questions, sharing videos is a big one. Mm -hmm. We put together an entire list of Facebook groups to share. Uh, there's probably many more we can add to the list, but you can take that list. And once you're a member of these groups, you can share into these different groups just to get their face in front of more people. So, of course, the more eyeballs that are on the, these dogs, the higher chance, and cats, the higher chance they have of finding somebody to pick them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that's kind of what Jennifer, Jennifer and I are, are, are setting out to do here and to try and bring together different groups of people that have different passions and showcase that through modern-day technology and using your cell phone and using your social media network and donating not only your money – but your time and your eyeballs and your attention to to help make a difference. So, you know, I think that's something that we're we're really excited about doing, and it's really been a pleasure and honor to to learn about what you're doing. Um, uh, Jennifer, do you have any last final comments or, or questions that you want to add here? Yeah, um, I just want to say that you know I think uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, obviously, talking to you, Pam, and I'm so excited to work uh, with the both of you on this project and save as many lives as we can. Um, but I just think, I think the main point is that it is really about unifying for a cause. And if everybody can come together and everyone comes from different backgrounds, everybody has different passions, but I think no matter what your background is, no matter what your belief system is, if everybody can just come together and help see through the eyes of these animals that are literally on death row and come together, you know, to their aid, we can literally save them all. And it's literally about seeing through their eyes and, you know, coming together and being like one unified front to help them 
And I, you know, my hope is that, you know, through all of us collaborating, we'll be able to do that. Yep, absolutely. So, so Pam, if, if people want to learn more about your organization, uh, I know you mentioned the social media, but can you tell us which website, what, what is your website and, and how can people uh, learn more if they want to learn more from you? Yeah, so the website is Day of the Dogs with an S, multiple dogs, dayofthedogs.org. Uh, and then again, the, the Facebook page that we cur- where we currently showcase animals is Harris County Animal Shelter Pets in Need. So those are the two. And then we have our own Day of the Dogs Facebook page, um, and you can contact us there through either of the, the, the sites if you are interested in volunteering. And we can set up a time to kind of walk you through our whole process um, we have a back-end tracking document <laughs> where it's uh, collectively shared with our whole team um, uh, using Google Docs. So we're able to show, you know, all, we have all the animal IDs and where they are and what their review date is and what the status is per day. And it's quite a process. Yeah. But yeah, we would welcome anybody, you know, to come on board and, and learn about what we do. And the more people we have, the more videos that we can show. So if we were able to triple our team, you know, we could triple the amount of videos. And so eventually maybe one day we would be able to showcase all of the animals that were there in need. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, uh, we're launching our campaign October 30th and, uh, we have two different bands that we're featuring, um, that are actually the Harris, Harris County animal shelter colors. Um, so we got some one that's, uh, Got a lot of pink and, and light blue integrated with it. Another one with uh, with a green and brown color integrated. So two different color styles. And um, these bands are handcrafted by an artisan, uh, a, Chilean, a Chilean woman who's uh, currently based in Greece, who makes these by hand. Um, so of these $10 purchases of these bands, uh, $2 go towards Josefina and covering uh, her cost of labor. Uh, $3 will be going towards these water projects like I'm actually off to Tanzania tomorrow to help imp- implement the water projects that we're working on. And then the other five is going to go towards this amazing organization, Day of the Dogs. Um, so it's a really cool, exciting collaboration where we're going to kind of leverage all our different networks. Um, these bands are beautiful. We hope that you all can get your hands on one. Um, we'll be posting more social media content in addition to the Day of Dogs website, responsible.com, W-R-I-S-T-S-P-O-N-S-I-B-L-E. Uh, responsible.com is where you can purchase all the bands uh, online and we're going to be doing this campaign uh, for probably about 30 to 60 days and then writing a check to day the dogs at the end of it and we'll keep you in the loop about all the progress that we make and we really look forward to uh, engaging with you and if you got any more questions feel free to reach out to pam jennifer or myself and uh, we appreciate your time and listening today Um, thank you pam and jennifer for your time Thank you, uh, everyone. Look forward to doing more here. Take care. Yeah, definitely.